My guest today is a dear friend of mine, Ben Zeal. You might know him on Instagram as Man of Zeal. He is just a wonderful soul. He's a super fun person to talk to, super easygoing. I just can't say enough good things about him. And it was really fun today to catch up. And, you know, it's such a weird time where... I haven't seen a lot of my, I haven't seen any of my friends, to be honest. Like, aside from FaceTime, I'm just really hunkering down. Granted, I'm still here in Costa Rica, but it was really fun to catch up with Ben, and you guys are going to love this episode. Ben is a registered dietitian, strength and conditioning specialist. He's a person with diabetes for over 20 years. His diversity actually is coming up real soon, depending on when you tune into this episode. So happy early diversity to Ben. And he is a peanut butter aficionado. Wow. I don't even know if that's how you say that word, but he loves peanut butter, as do I. And I think what you're going to really find from this episode today is not only is Ben just a really chill dude, he's also super funny and he has some really great insights when it comes to diabetes. We talk about keto and some supplements that are really good, especially during this time, just and what what he's been up to basically. It's just a really good catch up. So you're going to love it. I'm so excited to share this episode with you today. And if you enjoyed this episode today and it inspires you in some way, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button because that way you won't miss out on upcoming episodes and bonus content. And if this episode inspires you in some way today, I'd love to know and hear your biggest takeaway. So let's do something really fun. If you want to go ahead and share on IG a screenshot of this episode and tag Ben and me in it. So Ben is at man of zeal and myself at Taja Kato. I'll link to it in the show notes. But if you want to tag us in your biggest takeaway, that would be awesome. I'd love to hear. And if you do feel called to do so, please rate and review this podcast because when you take the time to do that, it really does help to expand the reach of this podcast and it makes it possible for other people to find this show as well. And if you know anyone who would also enjoy this episode today, please share it with them. That really does mean so much and and I really thank you for your support. Always. I always thank you for your support. It does. It means the world. And this show really wouldn't be possible without your support. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. And before we dive in today, I just want you to know that this episode, <laughs> this day was so crazy. Because right before Ben and I were supposed to record this episode together, I... I mean, here in Costa Rica, the rain, we're in green season, so it's raining. And sure enough, there was a huge rainstorm. It started raining. And so I texted him. I'm like, I think we're going to have to reschedule. I'm so sorry. And meanwhile, we've been trying to connect for a bit to do this show for you guys and just catch up. And then also at the very same time, my blood sugar went low and then Ben's blood sugar went low. So we're like going back and forth and I'm eating spoonfuls of brown sugar you know how it is like I'm just trying to do too many things at once and then taking care of diabetes like it's a small child (laughs) it's so it can be so overwhelming and I swear that that kind of overwhelm when I'm trying to be somewhere at a certain time or I have something important 
that overwhelm almost makes my blood sugars go lower. I don't know. But we made it happen. And right when we were trying to figure stuff out, my laptop decided to stop working. But we made it happen. It's all about adapting, which is really important. It's one theme that came up today when we recorded this episode. And so I just want you to know that whatever go happens in your life, whatever's going on, It's all about adapting and just being flexible to ebb and flow with whatever life throws at you because no matter how stressful it is in the moment, you're going to come out of it on the other side as a wiser, stronger version of yourself. And when you think about those things in your life that seem so like annoying at first or so stressful, I think we kind of create a lot of it on our on ourselves right because at the end of the day a lot of stuff isn't actually as stressful as we make it seem so this is just a reminder to you take a deep breath and lean into wherever you need to adapt in your own life I hope you enjoy the show today and I'll see you on the other side of this episode Welcome to the More Than Just a Type podcast, a place where we explore what it takes to live your best life. I'm your host, Taja Cato, expert in type 1 diabetes and fat loss, entrepreneur, and lover of all things fitness and personal development. Each week, we'll bring you a tangible tool, tip, or insight that'll inspire you and empower you to take action, achieve your goals, and live your best life. How is everything going? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. 70,000 years perhaps. Yeah, like how is COVID in Florida? Um, I don't know. I don't go outside <laughs> in all honesty. I think I used to be able to count on two hands the number of times I actually left my apartment, but now I can count on both my hands and both my feet. So that's progress. But people are just, I don't know, people just do what they want to do and I, with the diabetes, I'd rather just not take that additional risk if I don't have to, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. A hundred percent. So I just work out in my house. Dude. And fortunately we have the setup. Yeah. Your gym. I'm jealous of that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a barbell. And then we got creative. We found like a, like a landmine attachment that you can put inside of a stack of plates. So we made it kind of work the best we had to but at least we have a barbell and we have enough plates to do something it's not a normal gym but it's better than the all yeah and a barbell like okay I wish I could take you outside right now to show you what I have but I literally have these water bottles filled with sand and then I was like oh I wonder if I can find some sort of dumbbells or like a kettlebell and then I just I haven't because where I am is so primitive. So I've just been working out with like a backpack and like shoving shit in it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but at the same time, you're, you're putting a, you're, you're putting the effort in and you've got to get creative with it. And whether you got to get creative with it, with putting stuff in a backpack or whether you're like, Hey, I'm going to go get concrete and make myself dumbbells yeah, or get myself like bricks and attach ropes to them and run them up a hill. Like, I mean, you got to put the work. Dude, in, right? I started I was like shoveling dirt the other day because I was like, well, that'll be a pretty good workout. <laughs> I mean, but think about back in the day, like before weightlifting was a thing. Think about how these kids would get really, really, really strong. They would yeah. work on farms. They would shovel bales 
of hay into backs of trucks and they would shovel like what you were doing. Like people did manual labor and they got really strong. So yeah. it's still a thing. It's just no one talks about it. I know. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. I mean, so wait. But, I mean, you can always get your cardio in. Yeah, that's true. Except, you know what? I don't know if I talked to you before or after, but I was walking so much that I got an overuse injury and I was using crutches for a couple weeks. <laughs> Oh my god! Because <laughs> the the land here isn't flat. It's like you're hiking, and I was like, "Well, I, I'll get ten thousand steps in every day." It was not a good idea. Oh, so yeah. then you were on crutches for a couple of weeks, and then what did you do? And then now I'm like taking it really easy. So maybe I'll get three thousand steps in, but I'm just because I went from like getting like maybe 1500 steps to like eight I started at 8000 I was like oh that'll be good and then I worked my way up from 8000 to 10000 yeah it could just be the terrain for you honestly too I think so so it's, wow that's crazy because I get 8000 just walking in a circle inside my apartment that's how so, do you you have a treadmill yeah right? I know it's right there see it's let's see I think you might be able to see it. Can you see it? Is this, there your, it is. Is this your living room? Dope. <laughs> no, this is this is my office, but okay. I don't really use it as an office because, like, I don't know. It's I'm sitting on top of like a of a plastic container. Like that's my chair, <laughs> so that should tell you everything. Well, hey, I'm sitting on the floor right now, so we're good. <laughs> I mean, hey, again, we're showing that adaptations can be made during a time where you have to adapt. You will not be successful if you don't adapt to what circumstances you're in. It's so true. I was thinking about that earlier, actually. I mean, you've, you've got to like, like with this, we were supposed to have our call. The blood sugar oh went low. God. It just, it, life happens. Like you got to roll with the punches and say, what can I do to make this better right now? And look, it all worked out. There was supposed to be a thunderstorm. Now it's gone. Yeah. And the crazy, okay. So I didn't tell you this, but right before like our initial call <laughs> when it was supposed to be scheduled, my blood sugar went low and I was like scrambling, trying to eat. I was like eating brown sugar <laughs> and then I like got in front of my computer and then it started raining and then it was just like one thing after another. And then you were like, my blood sugar is low. Well, I will say I had apple jacks instead of brown sugar. So That's I'm good. very happy with my choice. But yeah, again, it's like, remember the sequence, like we were supposed to have our chat. It didn't happen. You were low. My call went too long. Then I go low. But I think that's just the thing for anybody listening that you have to be able to adapt like with the workouts, like with the lows. Your life is not going to be your life will be dictated by what's going on, but it's how you're going to respond to what's going on. It's going to determine how successful you are in diabetes, exercise, nutrition, all that good stuff. Yeah, 100 percent. I had a minor freak out, too, when uh, I was trying to get shit set up. And Herman actually said you just repeated kind of what he was saying. He's like, God, you got to calm down. <laughs> Just so I'm just stop and just breathe in really deep in your nose and just hold that breath for seven seconds and then breathe it out real slow and your whole parasympathetic nervous system chills out and you feel so much better. That's that's such a good idea. I've never done that before. Literally, you breathe in four seconds, you hold it for seven, you breathe out for eight, do it like two or three times. The most glorious thing in terms of chilling your body out because your body has to chill out. Yeah. Huh. That's good. Where'd you learn that? I don't know. I just read it somewhere like three or four years ago, and I've been doing it since. And it's one of those things you, you know, you like read an article and something sounds interesting, but you're like, I'll never do that. No big deal. And then there's those random things you pick up because you read it once. 
Yeah. It was just one of those things that randomly just inserted itself into my life, but I cannot complain. That's good. That's good. I'm going to try that. You should, um, especially given everything you're up against right now. <laughs> I, I feel know. like you're still stranded. Dude, yeah. It's it's crazy. But okay, so wait, you you leave your apartment every now and then or are you like do you go for walks? We went for a walk last Sunday, I believe. Okay. Where did you do you It just... was great. We went we went to this place called Bayshore. It's the longest continuous sidewalk in the world that happens to be in Tampa. Yeah. It's super super nice. It's right on the water. And I decided that while we walked, I was going to get some vitamin D because, you know, vitamin D is really important. And I took my shirt off for 25 minutes, came back totally, totally scorched. Really? Like a rotisserie chicken. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. The aloe was very, 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 like, strong for about four days. And now I'm fine. But it was like, you know, when you're red to the, like, you see the red and you feel it and you're warm to the touch. It was one of those. That's horrible. I, yeah, I, that you happened relate, to me though. last year and I poured vinegar. I had, like, had a vinegar bath. Why vinegar? Apparently, it's supposed to help with a sunburn. I don't know. It's like a really old school. That's going to be one of those facts that I hear at once, and then I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, vinegar. <laughs> and I'm going to try it. This is the best thing ever. Yeah, it doesn't smell good, though. I mean, you smell, I smell like a salad. Yeah. So there are worse things. That's true. <laughs> that's, that's crazy, though. So like, oh, you go to Walgreens. Oh, I couldn't find any aloe, but don't worry. I found vinegar instead. Yeah, like white. I think I used the white vinegar. Interesting. Yeah. Not apple cider vinegar. No. The magical cure-all <laughs> for everything. I didn't use that one. <laughs> um, and did it, if you did, did it have the mother in it is the other question. The mother. It did. It did have the mother? My mother? No, no. Oh. You know apple cider vinegar? It says apple cider vinegar with the mother oh no what is, the like, mother? what is the mother what is the mother exactly i was I just gonna say i was gonna say when i did this vinegar thing my mom was the one that told me to do it so it had the mother in it but not <laughs> oh, not in the way i was no I, I don't know i've always wanted to know what the mother is so huh. for the people that listen hopefully somebody can identify what the mother is and they can report back i've never even noticed that before that's so funny I probably pay attention too much, but it's just, I don't know. It's interesting stuff. Yeah. Man, you go. You're about to say something. No, I was just, I'm trying to think of like what it must be like in Florida when you're, because Amelia's working, so you're at home and then like, are people just nuts? I mean, every night outside of our building, I hear somebody at like 12, 1, two sometimes and they're at any day of the week and they're just super loud doing their thing which i mean if that's what you want to do by all means go for it yeah i just don't know how people do it but there's yeah i it's just a very strange time i feel like you have this awesome view because you're outside of all this you get to look at everything from this like third person like perspective whereas if you're in it you don't necessarily you miss certain things you know yeah it's just crazy to me i know do you think you guys are going to stay in Florida or do you th- I hear it like so many I'm not so many people but I feel like so many people that I hear about are leaving LA. And I'm not even in LA I, right now but You're not even in LA to leave LA. No, I, I mean I I have no intention of leaving Florida. No. I love Florida. I yeah, I really can't picture myself living anywhere else right now. It's just a I don't know. I like the beach. I like the weather. Yeah. When the people aren't being derpy 
actually pretty cool. Yeah. So I can't say I'm mad about it. But are you going to leave L.A. when you actually get to return? Or are you just going to become a permanent know. citizen of, of Central America? I don't know. I I would love to move here. Kind of. Like, it's, it. it's on my mind. I don't know if Herman would like to. Well, his work is in L.A. But we've t- we've talked about maybe leaving L.A. Um, I just don't know when it would happen. Where would you go besides where you're at right now? Well, there's so this, uh, yeah, there's so many things that we've been thinking about, and everything's like up in the air. So if we left LA, there's a possibility of maybe going to uh, Arizona for a bit, oh, and then coming oh, I, here. I thought you said Florida. You were. About I was to just say about was... you, but it's because we were just talking about Florida. Oh no, I was <laughs> like, that's that's the move right there. She's coming to Florida. You can become our neighbor. It'll be great. Yeah. Real talk, though, one place that's interesting to me is is Puerto Rico because their income taxes are super low. It's like 4%. I heard about that, actually. But then it's like, do you want to live there when the hurricanes show up every single year? And they always seem to go near Puerto Rico. Yeah. So it's kind of like, but if, I think if y'all came to Florida, I wouldn't be mad about that. I'm sure Amelia would lobby for that, too. I've, I've never been to Florida. I've always wanted to be, go and visit. Well, once there's no COVID, definitely go, and then you'll fall in love. And I mean, Arizona's great if you like 115 degrees. Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to just come to Costa Rica. Like, I would if, yeah, I don't know. How does that work? Like for the, what you're doing business wise? Here. Yeah. Well, like, now are you considered still a, a U.S. company then if you move there? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I don't know how that works. I think so. I think like wherever your business is registered because, yeah, there's so many things. And I honestly, there's nowhere that I feel is home. Like when I think of a home base, I just like, I don't know. I feel like there's no forever. I'm just going to be happy like wherever I can be. You're a nomad. I That's You're what I feel gonna like. You're just going to go travel. You yeah. should, I mean, you should have while you can for sure. I yeah. feel like this is the time to do it. And you're if you're going to be stuck, you're stuck in paradise from what I can tell from yeah. behind you. It's pretty nice. But it's going to be like it's crazy to think I'm going to be here so long. And I don't know when I'm – the. Th- I think the hard part is not knowing like when things are going to change. I don't think – yeah, and nobody knows when it's going to change, especially yeah. for the U.S., which is the crazy part to me. And then you've been there for – what is it, five months now? February, so six months. Oh, my, my God. Yeah, my flights uh, canceled until November. So I was thinking about looking at other airlines, but nothing's flying out until September 20th. And I haven't switched my flight because I'm like, if I switch it and then I have layovers, like right now my, my flight goes from San Jose to LAX, just one straight shoot. And I'm like, if I switch it and then – I'm in the same position and they keep canceling it, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. So. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. That's so rough. I never even thought about that. You'd be stuck there till November. Dude. <laughs> How are you going to survive? Yeah. That's literally the craziest thing. So you've had to adapt and adapt and adapt and adapt again for everything. I mean, diabetes-wise, it's still a pain to get all the Dexcom stuff. That, I mean, I've been resetting my sensors. It hasn't been too bad. I actually found this company in in Miami that sends the shit that I need here. So I have Dexcom send it to them and then they send it to me. And it gets here within a week. 
Oh, wow. It's like That's some, fast. yeah, it's some privately owned company. So yeah. That's awesome. It's so much better. So I'm not stressed and about that anymore. When you reset, what is your or method restart. of resetting? Uh, okay. Restart, you know what so, I mean? So yeah, I think I said reset, but <laughs> so I take it out. I take out the transmitter and then I set a timer for 15 minutes. I don't know if that's if you have to. And then I delete the Bluetooth. And then oh. I and then I put the and then it's asked to pair the transmitter. So then after 15 minutes, I pair it and then I start a new sensor using the same code. Gotcha. It's, okay. I was gonna say the one step I don't do is the Bluetooth. Okay. I do the same thing. I just don't do the Bluetooth part because honestly, I would probably forget how to repair it again. Maybe you don't so. have to. I think I've heard because I've shared like my the way that I've been doing it. And some people have said that they haven't had to do that. So I mean, it's worth a shot. You never know. Although I guess at the same time, it's such a premium with what you've got right now. I don't know if it's worth the risk, but I don't think you'd have to do the Bluetooth part. Yeah. Maybe next time I, I'll try it without. Do, do There's you get... a way to do it where you don't have to pop it out, but you right. still do the Bluetooth. So that's, I think, what it is. I think you're kind of like combining both methods. Yeah. Whereas you may not have to. But the one without the Bluetooth, I think you have to wait like 30 minutes or something. Or where you get rid of the Bluetooth, you have to wait for 30 minutes or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try your way next time. I don't time. know for sure. Does it work really well I mean, for it's you? Just, it seems to. I mean, it'll at least restart and then I might get, I mean, I don't know if you get another whole 10 days out of it, but I usually get another like three, four days and then 14 days or 13 days is better than 10. That's yeah, so, that's still good. I'm not mad about it. No. That's... I had, I had three go bad in 90 minutes a couple of weeks ago. Really? They just Literally, I they just didn't work. I put one in, it went to do the what is the warm-up period? Yeah. It got about two thirds through, said error, fail, replace. And so I was like, okay. So I called them up while and I put the second one on. You know, I have to wait on hold or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting on the hold finally get a hold of somebody I'm talking to them explaining what happened the first time because when I took it off there was some blood underneath it and then as the second one was started up and I was on the phone with the person the second one died so I'm like oh actually my second one just died while we're sitting here so then they're like okay we'll replace these two and so I went to go put a third one in while I was on the phone and then at this point they transferred me over because for some reason tandem and Dexcom had a thing so I had to go through tandem and so I'm on the phone to tandem explaining that I needed two sensors replaced and then the third one died while I was on the phone with them I'm like this is getting ridiculous so they sent three but I went through an entire box in 90 minutes and it never worked it was so frustrating that is so frustrating do you but you so had mad. you had another box on hand I did thank okay. god I had like one other box and I was like oh that was close that was yeah. very close that I, is... oh in your case I can't imagine you go through a whole box that could be it for a while yeah well, it's been crazy, and the crazy thing is my mom's neighbor, it turns out he has type 1. So any oh. – like, what are the chances, right? So anytime I'm, like, in a really pickle situation, I just call him, and he's, like he, – he usually has something and vice versa, which is nice, but – That's awesome, though, because I feel like the odds of that are – minuscule given that you didn't you say you're in a, a pretty rural area yes very rural <laughs> oh my god it's the odds it's of crazy. that i know that's actually nuts like there's people that i know like i talked to someone earlier today and she didn't know anyone who had diabetes and she was in her 30s and lives in california 
and then you go to Costa Rica and there's like three people in your general vicinity and one of them has diabetes. It's such it's, craziness. It's nuts. It was like right when the time when I got here, when like my pump broke and then my Dexcom stopped working, my it was having I was having so many issues. And that's when I like ran into him. I'm like, what are the chances? It was just meant to be. <laughs> For real, though, the universe works in crazy ways sometimes. Yeah. Although I'm still waiting to find out like why the universe wanted you to live there for eight months. I know. Except for the fact that like maybe you'll end up moving there permanently and I don't know, becoming a wilderness guide or something. <laughs> you could totally, well, you should totally do. Okay, you ready for this? Because obviously you'll learn, you, you're learning the terrain. You should totally do something for people with type one down there. Like once this whole COVID thing's done, like host some sort of like Taja event where it's like diabetes and you're in the wilderness and the jungle and all that. And like, I don't, I don't have it any further than that planned out, but that's just a thought that occurred to me. That could be really, really cool. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a bunch of cool stuff to do. There totally is. It's a cool place. Definitely. I feel like, I mean, it's, it's so well, it kind of reminds me of when I was a kid. So I almost feel like being here has been a a healing time in some weird way. Cause it's like, just taking me back to all these memories when I was growing up because I lived like on a farm <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. So. Dang. So now you're like back transported and you're like, oh, I feel like like you're like reverse <laughs> aging like that one movie, right? You're like, I feel like I'm 18. Yeah. I don't I don't know that movie, <laughs> but that's pretty. What is it? Benjamin Button. That's the movie. What about what's that other um, Groundhog Day? Do you ever, do you ever just, oh, ex- you don't know what day it is right yes. now? <laughs> I do know what day it is right now, but that's only because like this week was just crazy. And so I was like, oh, finally it's a Saturday. But otherwise, no. Groundhog Day is how I felt the first probably three quarters of what this quarantine was. Like I had no idea what day it was. I knew I was in the same place every single time doing the same thing. Yeah. It's, Yeah. I, I feel like that's just a constant thing. And I feel like it's also weird because people call this quarantine still, but it's like, are we really in quarantine anymore? Are we not in quarantine? And no one ever did a final designation of quarantine is over, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. And Matt, you have to wear masks where you are, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can't go into anywhere without a mask on. My brother works at a university around here, and he didn't remember a mask one day. And I don't know if they gave him like a T-shirt or something, but he had like this crazy contraption. It was hilarious. Really? It was absolutely hilarious. I'm like, yeah, because they, they, you like have to have something covering your nose and your mouth everywhere. You Even can, at the just... doctor, they were like, yeah. That's nuts. You, you can't do like anything. I mean, it makes sense, like, but. I, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I think it's probably good for right now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I still feel like we're living in a sci-fi movie. Every time I wake up, I'm like, is this actually life right now? Can I just go out and hang out with all the people? Nope. Not supposed to unless I'm six feet apart. Yeah. Have you seen any friends or are you guys just hunkering down? We've hunkered down. I don't think I've been social in like five months outside of virtual events like this one. Yeah. I know. It's so good to see a human. (laughs) I know. I was like, when was the last time I saw Tasha? I was like, oh, yeah, it was like over a year ago. That's so crazy. And you guys literally you were when was it? I feel like it was this time when I saw you last year and you were talking about getting ready to go to Europe, which when did you guys leave? Was that almost a year ago? 
Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. We went to Europe last October. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. So, we were planning the trip when I saw you because I saw you last year in July. And then we were planning Europe, which was still insane. I'm so glad that that happened. We were going to go back, potentially. But then, of course, this might be the first. Instead, this is going to be the first year, more than likely, of my entire adult life that I did not fly on an airplane. Wow. That's crazy. And I wonder... Right. I mean, you knew how much I traveled last yeah. year. You went a lot of places, <laughs> including L.A. Yeah. Yes. Twice last year to L.A. Are the gym... we did that meetup thing. Yeah. That's right. You were there twice. That's crazy. Are the gyms open where you are? In Florida, yes. But depending where you are in the U.S., the answer depends. It, okay. I've, like, there are some places... I don't think New York's open... I think Massachusetts might have shut them down again. Like there are places shutting down again, which is scary. Yeah, that is scary. So I know we have them open, but I have not stepped foot in one since March. Yeah. So that's why we have that set up and we've been slowly adding stuff. Like we have, we like got one of those, we got like a bench off Amazon. We got one of those boxes that you can like, I don't know, I guess you can jump on them, but mm -hmm. I don't really know why you'd want to. You know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. though. Like one of those things, like, we're slowly building up the collection, so hopefully we'll just need like a squat rack. But then again, it's like, where are we going to put a squat rack in a tiny little apartment? I'm sure you can find so, a corner somewhere. I don't know. And then you got to bolt it down. That sounds yeah, like a lot of work. That's true. But either way, like, I mean, at least we have something. And I mean, yeah. like, and like you said, like when we started, we had, because I had to get these weights for my family. I had them when I was a kid. But before we got them, all we had was a couple kettlebells and a couple dumbbells and some bands. And so it felt a lot like when you were describing you're filling up a backpack and filling up water bottles with sand. Like, yeah. we don't even have the sand to fill up the water bottles with. Yeah. We would have had to fill them with water. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. And it's crazy to think, like, how you – it's just all about adapting, which – Literally. Yeah everything's about just how you're going to adapt. And then food-wise, because the activity is different, you have to think about how your food's going to be different in terms of your body composition and then blood sugars too. So I yeah. know like from a step perspective, I've actually gotten more steps per day during this time than I did before yeah. when the world was normal, That's... which is kind of weird to think about. What are, have you, how has your diet changed? I mean, nutritionally, it really hasn't changed yeah. that much. It's just I don't eat out. I just eat only at home. I have not had a meal. I have not been social or had a meal outside of the home since early March. Yeah. Same. I, I mean, is there, I, was gonna say, I don't think there's restaurants that are near you, are there? <laughs> there's ones that you, I mean, we can drive to restaurants, but there's just no point really. Yeah. It's like, I, and I just don't, and maybe I'm paranoid. Like everybody I know is getting taken or they're like going and driving up and, or drive-throughs and stuff like that. And I just, I don't see the appeal of it because I don't know who made the food. So yeah. I just would rather not mess with it until someone declares this thing is over with. But the one positive thing is football-wise, the NFL is testing everybody like every single day. And their rate for everyone is like 0.5% or something. It's a very small number of positives. So I'm hoping that that's more reflective of the real population yeah, and like the regular population. And so hopefully that means this thing's starting to come down, that which would, would be, be really, glorious. 
Yeah, because I if like New York's gone down right with their cases. Is that I think so? I think everyone's trending down right now, but everyone's also cautiously optimistic because mm-hmm. people have said the ripple effects of this in terms of people not wanting to be in crowds or be social is probably going to last for a couple of years, which is also crazy to think about. Yeah, I was actually I was thinking about that too, especially when you're talking about football, because I'm like, once things go back to normal, are people going to just, you know, are they still going to be kind of fearful or cautious or, you know, are you going to wear a mask? Or like here, every time we go grocery shopping, we'll sterilize everything, like we'll wash the containers and and it's like, at what point, even when things go back to normal, am I going to be like, oh, I'm just, I'm so used to doing this one way now. I mean, real talk, I've always thought like, you know, like you bring your phone everywhere, like you're when you're wearing a pump, your pump goes everywhere. I've always thought, even before all this, like, it's probably a good idea to sterilize your stuff periodically, because there's a lot of nasty stuff out there, like germs and viruses and all that. But with this, I don't know. I think for for football, it's going to depend on what side of the fence you're on. Are you going to be like the people that I hear at 1am hooping and hollering outside who are with a bunch of people anyway, who don't care? And they're not probably going to have any issue assimilating back into regular life. Are you going to have the people that are, no, I'm staying at home. I refuse like to be out in public or social. They're probably going to be the last people. It's going to be just like the, what's the, I don't remember the name of the curve, but you know how there's like the early adopters of technology and the people that like adopted a little later and the people that are like super late to the party. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the exact same thing when we come back to normal. There's going to be people that are like, everything's normal. Then there's going to be the people that kind of are like, I'm going to wait a little bit. Now I'm going to go because everybody else is starting to. Then the people that are going to be like, I'm waiting till the government or somebody officially announces it worldwide. And then you'll have the people that are like going to be extra paranoid in their mm-hmm. bunker and then finally wake up like two years later and be like, oh, yeah, it's been normal for a couple of years. I think I'm OK now. Yeah. So and then I don't you know have where the... I'm on that spectrum. Yeah. And then you have the people that just are going about as if everything's normal. They're like, doesn't matter. Like not gonna not live my life but do you have those people you must have those people there because we have them here oh for sure i mean they had they had the clubs and the bars open pretty quickly here and people were going yeah and i think they closed all the bars i don't think they've opened them since but then all they're doing by closing the bars and maybe they opened them i don't know i don't pay attention honestly because i don't go but then you just have people encouraged to go to house parties or like other gatherings where they're still going to be in close proximity so i think there's going to be people that don't care there's going to be people that care a ton And there's going to be people that there's really no in between. It's kind of like you're one or the other. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just over here just waiting for everything to chill. And then who knows with like the media pushing it, is it actually that? Like, I, I don't know who to believe anymore. So I just kind of, I'm like, I'm going to just wash my hands a lot and wear a mask and avoid people that are not being responsible. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I'm exactly the same at this point. I'm like, it's better to be safe than sorry, even if we don't know. Well, and arguably, too, I guess what's weird is in the past, like if someone had like a cold or something, you wouldn't even think about it. Like you go on an airplane, it's like, oh, it's flu season and you're on an airplane. You're not thinking about, do I need a mask? What if this person's sneezing? There's someone next to me and they're whatever. I would sometimes be like, I mean, I don't know. I've just always been really aware of like people that are sneezing or coughing or sound like they're sick, but that's just from the diabetes standpoint. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, you go on an airplane in January, normally you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about where you're going. Yeah. You're thinking about what you're going to do when you get there. And now 
you go on an airplane, it's like, is there someone in the middle seat? Is there someone in the row behind me? Do I have my mask? Do I have my sanitizer? It, it sounds stressful. Like I wouldn't yeah. even want to travel just from the stress of having to prepare. Like you go in a hotel room. How do you know the hotel room's clean? Oh, do you know it's actually clean? Did they sterilize it? Is there new shit? Like, it doesn't sound appealing to me. Like at that point, I'd rather just stay in my house and say, at least I know, yeah. you know? No, that makes sense. I honestly, as much as it would be nice, I mean, I love being here, but I don't know how long you can do long distance. <laughs> so at some point, I do need to get back to LA. But the thought of traveling is what stresses me out, especially having layovers. If I don't have a layover, that's fine. But that and then wearing a mask, too, because I can't breathe through them. That stresses me out <laughs> Yeah. for hours. Well, and there's gyms that require you to wear a mask. And it's like, I can't imagine you're doing a bunch of squats and you're wearing a mask. How are you going to breathe? It's like wearing one of those those like high altitude training masks to try to simulate what it's like at 5000 feet of yeah. elevation. You and now you're just wearing a mask because you have to. You just pass out at some point. <laughs> right. I, I have no interest in doing that. But either way, like what you're describing, you're going to be on a long flight. That's a lot of recycled air. Like I I wouldn't be something I'm necessarily looking forward to. I will say I know people that have flown and they've been totally fine. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's probably fine. And there's parts of me that just wake up like I'm just going to go do something fun, just like normal life. And then I realize it's like it's still not normal. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's just, I guess the best you can really do is just do all you can control is yourself. You can control what you're doing. You can control how you're responding and you can do your best to avoid situations that would put you at risk. And that's really all you can really do and take zinc because zinc yeah. is supposed to block replicating of the virus. So that's what supplements are you taking right now? <laughs> I've, I mean, I've taken zinc forever. I've always, always, always had all my clients take zinc. I take zinc because it improves immune function regardless. So I figured during this time, especially it's important, but even before this for years, I've probably been on zinc for almost 10 years now every day. Zinc is just huge. And there were papers that were showing that in previous coronavirus strains, zinc blocked the ability of the virus to replicate itself. Hmm. So if it gets into your body, if it can't replicate, it's not going to take over the host, which is you. So zinc, I would say is by far number one. I've heard things about vitamin D, like I just take it because I don't go in the suns. Otherwise, I I mean, I'm like transparent. You see me. So I need it anyway. But I mean, beyond that, there's nothing specifically for the virus. I would just that's just what I take anyway, honestly. Yeah. So I've just continued it. But I mean, anyone that's like, oh, this is like the perfect elixir to fix it. No, none of that shit exists. Yeah. Like, what is that that everyone's taking that like that people are dying from? <laughs> oh, what is it? I don't know. Is it what you mean? Like, like hydroxychloroquine? Hydroxychloroquine? I don't, yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is with that. All I know is somebody once I saw on Twitter early on when they announced that it might be a potential cure, somebody ate it, but it wasn't in actual form meant for consumption. It was mm. like, it was like fish aquarium, like the stuff you put on the bottom of an aquarium for fish. Yeah. And they ended up eating that because they thought it was good for them and they died. Oh, and God. I was like, that's, I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I feel really bad, but at the same time, you probably shouldn't eat things that go inside of <laughs> aquarium. <laughs> you know, that's like, the truth. It, oh. that's... Like, don't eat things that are not meant for people to eat. Yeah. Like, I have a football here. I'm not going to eat this football. <laughs> no. Even if I'm really hungry, I'm not going to eat it. Like, oh. Yeah. It's crap. I mean, yeah. I think that 
maybe the fear is just like one thing that people can't can't control fully well and i just i wonder how much fear is even left because i feel like when it all began there was this like huge fear and this huge this really really big like focus on it and that was all anyone could talk about or think about but i feel like as time's gone on just like anything else not that the attention span is split but the intensity of it as you're exposed again and again it's like anything else you're afraid of the more you get exposed the less the fear exists and so i feel like the curve has kind of gone down yeah and in terms of just actual fear and concern and so that's why you have a lot of people that may have paid attention early on who aren't they don't care as much they're like well i've heard about it every day for the last six months or five months or however long it's been why am i paying so much attention to it it clearly hasn't got me yet which that can be good from a confidence standpoint i mean there have been studies that show that people who are chronically stressed and chronically living in fear first live shorter lives but second off get sick a lot more easily but beyond that i don't know it's just i i feel like people aren't they're, they're desensitized to it yeah you know yeah which is explains why so many people are and so many people are over it they're like i just it's been exactly. five months like get me the fuck out of where i am <laughs> well that and then there was a thing i don't know if you saw in the diabetes community that got passed around that was a paper out of Italy where it showed that people with type one have some sort of, I believe it's a T cell or something, some sort of difference in their immune response compared to people without type one that actually might be protective against the virus. Really? I didn't, I didn't read that. Yeah. There's like a balance between, I think it's called TH1 and TH2. And for whatever reason, we're tipped in favor. I believe it was TH1, huh. which makes us more protected against it. I don't know if it has any legitimacy at all. I just know I've heard of it. I've heard of people with type one getting it, yeah. but I think maybe the potential of getting it might be a little smaller, but at the same time, you also hear people saying, well, if you have diabetes, you're more likely to get it, period. So it's like, who yeah. do you believe at that point? So then people are like, I'm just over it, screw it, whatever. It's I'm just gonna wash my hands and live my life. And that's really, to a degree, all you can do. Yeah. But you, you're fortunate. I mean, you live far away enough from people that you're not coming into contact with too many anyway. Literally, yeah. But in because it's such a small town too, there's been – I think there's probably been like eight cases, which doesn't sound like a lot. But for how small it is where I am, it kind of is. But immediately when someone has it, they take them somewhere and I don't know. But then I think there's so many undocumented cases too, especially living somewhere here where there's so much poverty. And like, I am a, in a third world country. So <laughs> there's probably yeah. people in the mountains that have it and just, I don't know, right? I mean, and that's that's the crazy thing. Then you also have the people that are asymptomatic. Yeah. So, or you have the people that have very mild symptoms that aren't full blown. So you don't know, is this actually COVID? Is this just, oh, I have the sniffles today. And then is it actually going to be a big deal or what? And no, it's just, it's very interesting. I know with here, like with schools opening up and then like supposedly there's pro sports seasons that are kind of starting again and kind of not like, and then college football got canceled in some conferences. So it's, there's all sorts of debates about what's going on and what's safe and what's not. And it's just like, I have no control over what happens. So I just kind of see what's going on and just live my life and kind of just stay in my lane and just my goal is just helping more diabetes people right yeah which so, is so whole... needed right now i think oh for, for sure a lot of people because the the burnout's so real because you're stuck inside and like you said groundhog day before you're stuck inside doing the same thing again and again and again and you're like great 
the last thing I want to do is look at my Dexcom or look at my blood sugar and deal with it again. I just want to live life like normal. Yeah. So, and now there's no distractions. Now you're extra paying attention to your phone or extra paying attention to your pump or every vibrator beep or whatever else. Yeah. So is that why you put together blood sugar boss? Was it during this time? I did put it together when I re- I think it started, it started in mid July and we have an awesome first group that's in it right now, but I put it together because I figured it'll help more people and it'll get them to know what they actually need. And again, like you said, during this time, there is still other things that are outside that you can focus on, but there's a lot fewer outside distractions. So why not spend this time right now? You're already limited in your options and limited in what you can do, doubling down on your diabetes and your health, you come out of this way healthier, way further ahead and feeling a lot better. So your blood sugars are in total control. And then ideally, as long as they follow the directions, your metabolism kickstarted up, you're stronger, you're feeling better. No situation with diabetes really can inflict any sort of concern in you. And if you're more confident, then you're winning. Yeah. And, and you even feel like I said better. before, that study. Well, yeah, you're feeling better. And that confidence, like the people that are more confident live longer lives and live happier, healthier lives. So if you have a better quality of life with diabetes, that's all I really want for everybody, right? Yeah. So that seems like so far it's been really solid. That's exciting. That's cool. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, it, I, I think the best thing is just being able to see when these, when the light bulbs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When somebody gets that light bulb and it goes off when it's like, let's talk about, for example, like how fat can affect your blood sugar. And then suddenly someone gets it and they're like, holy cow, this is what I have to do from now on. And it just clicks. There's no better feeling in the whole yeah. wide world to see that. Because then yeah. you know like they're going to get it and they're going to do it forever. Yeah. And it's that it's like you're the one providing all the information. But at the end of the day, it's like once they realize that they've gotten, got it and they can do it themselves, that's like so empowering. Oh, for sure. And I mean, and that's that's just the beauty of it. But at the same time, like I know it's a way where if I can reach pe- more people and help them with diabetes, live that better life and live more confidently and love what they're doing and just not focus on it as often, then that's all I really want. So that's that's why I figured it's another option for people instead of like, oh, we're going to do one on one or something else. I figured, hey, if there's options, people like options. You know, it's like yeah. you don't go just look at like one car. You look at three cars and then you buy a car. Yeah. <laughs> so. You you know exactly what I mean. Yeah, it's true. So, what did you were you always the like? Did you always care about your blood sugars? Like, at what point were you like, hey, I'm gonna start paying attention <laughs> to? That's a my really blood. good question. Um, I mean, I feel like I always paid attention. I remember vividly when I was eight years old. I was probably like nine months into diabetes, and I did not care. I was like, I'm over this. This is this was cute. I'm done. But also back then, like meters were the size of like a brick. Yeah. So it was a little bit different story. But I, I feel like I didn't really, really, really embrace it, honestly, until my sophomore year of college. Yeah. Because that's when I started learning about that. There was a thing that does like your estimated average glucose and turns it into an estimated A1C. And I started realizing I was like, I really want to be at that point, I don't think I had been under seven ever. And if I had it, it was once. And I really was like, I want to get under seven. And so I really focused on it and it happened. I was like, this is this is really cool. Yeah. And so that was the point where it finally clicked, like the food side of it clicked and the dosing side of it clicked and it all started to click. But before that, no. Nah. I 
I, it was there. It was something I dealt with, but it was more of a nuisance that was a part of my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Were you diagnosed when you were nine or eight? Seven. Seven, Seven. okay. My diversary. What's today's date? It is August, the, s- the 15th, I think. Is it the 16th? It's the 15th. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just checked. So my diversary is in eight days. Ooh, what are you going to do? I know. I don't know. It's number 21, so it should have been exciting, but we'll have to see yeah. what's even available these days. But either way, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it, I was seven. It was, God, it was a very different time. But at the same time, it's just, it's diabetes still. You still got to deal with it. And I just, I don't think people, when you're that little, you really understand it. So you don't really care the way you probably need to, but also your parents are if you like, ideally you have a situation where your parents care, they're kind of picking up the slack until you're at the point where you're on your own and you say, great, now this is my responsibility. Yeah. So that transition, that, that handoff of the baton, I would think happens either during late high school or early college. And for me, it kind of felt like it was early college when, okay, I'm on my own. I'm having a summer class. Like I'm working, I'm doing all these things. Like I have a car, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that level where it's like, you're on your own, making your own money, doing your own thing. This is now your diabetes deal with it. Yeah. That makes sense. It's crazy. What about you? When- oh, I it wasn't till I was like 25 that I or yeah, I was 25 that I was like, all right, I, I want to like focus on getting my numbers good because and it came with fitness. It wasn't just something that I was like, oh, that would be nice. It was all because I wanted to get to a different level of my fitness. And I was like, well, if I need if I want to do that, then I have to get my blood sugars under control. So, yeah. That's why I mean, I feel like with mine, it, it came with fitness too. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of times it's, it's not just like an isolation. I want great blood sugars. Yeah. It's like, no, I want great blood sugars because I also know second goal. Yeah. Yeah. There's always like, and I mean, I'm sure some people have that motivation where they're like, just want to be healthy and risk free of complications, but wasn't how, I mean, I, I was scared of complications, but it wasn't my motivating force that drove me in that direction (laughs) well I think like for me I remember there was someone I had met at a diabetes conference when I was in high school and I ran into her maybe three years later because ironically I mean I was living up in the midwest and I moved to Florida and she was from Florida so we linked up maybe like I don't know three years after I met her while I was in college and she came by with her family and she was already having complications and she was Mm -hmm. only a couple years older than me and I was only 19 years old and I realized, holy cow, like she's 21. She already can't feel her fingers half the time and she's already having issues with her sight. And I, that really, really hit home yeah. for me because you see that and it's like, that's someone I know. That's someone that I was friends with. And just a few years ago, everything was fine. So yeah, yeah, that's nuts. That's, it reminds me of when I was a teenager. Cause at, at that age, when I was like 14, I just was just so checked out. And my mom would be like, I'm going to take you to the hospital and we're going to go like down the diabetes, whatever complications. And you're going to look at people who have had serious complications because she wanted me to like see a reality check of like, this could be you. (laughs) But we didn't do it. I feel like you just don't you don't get it because not you, but like kids really it's just hard for them to grasp it because there's so many things going on and your scope of life is so limited, but also it feels like, Oh, that's 20 years away. That's 30 years away. Yeah. And that feels like a lifetime, like an eternity. And suddenly you blink and now you're 25, 28 years old. And that's not such a far fetched thing if you're not careful. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Can you imagine what it would be like to have a kid right or back when you were growing up, when we were growing up, and Ooh. you would just like not be able to know what like think about about our parents like they we didn't have cgm so like how did they deal with that <laughs> i don't i would be a wreck i don't know well it's, it's always weird like i when i talk with people or i work with people who have a new diagnosis and they say oh i just got my dexcom i've only had diabetes for three weeks and i'm over here thinking that's amazing yeah i went without a dexcom for 14 years and it's just insane to think about you have an a1c of under seven let's say it's 6.7 and you don't have a Dexcom to help you with that. It's a lot harder to navigate because you don't know. You're just looking at a snapshot in time versus looking at a, oh, I'm double arrows up or I'm double arrows down. And that makes a massive difference. Yeah. So because back then when you were going into college, you didn't have a CGM, did you? Nope. So did I you just. Pump, but no CGM. Yeah. Did you just go off of like how you were feeling to get your A1C I tested down? A ton. Yeah. Oh, I tested a ton. I probably tested 15 times a day. No yeah. exaggeration. Yeah. I've been there too. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's well, and I feel like it, it's a very expensive. Thank God these days for OneDrop, right? Because I've never tried them. OneDrop's great because you can get unlimited strips for one flat fee per month. Huh, that's good to know. Which is amazing. But I mean, that's that's who I use right now because there's the unlimited strip aspect of it. But no, back in the day when strips were like a dollar a pop and you're using 15 a day because it was something insane like that. No, it, was, it wasn't a great thing, but my fingers hated me because constantly you know you have all those like little mini scabs on like the back sides yeah. of your fingers like here and, and there. they turn yeah, it was black <laughs> yep and it always looks like your hands are dirty and someone's like what's on your hand it's like oh sorry i pricked myself a million times yeah i i remember going to get my nails done and the lady would be like what is wrong with your fingers like what is that because i would have little black specks like all over oh yeah. god i don't miss that at all these days, like you test like twice in a week and you're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Why did I test twice this week? Yeah. <laughs> I, I still recommend people carrying around having a backup meter with them all the time because if something does happen to your Dexcom, you're done for. Mm -hmm. But totally. yeah, not, a, not an ideal situation to not have a backup. No. Yeah. That's always the worst. I've definitely been there. <laughs> I don't even like, like when you said back to your question though, I wouldn't even want to think about diabetes like right now having to not right now but back in the day when there was no technology and pumps were way bigger and everything was a lot less sophisticated than it is now because i mean the original dexcom i tried it i think when i was in high school and i hated it because the thing was massive it was huge what did it i can't even was that like the three dexcom three oh god i don't even know all i know is the thing was huge and the receiver was bigger than my pump I was like, first, I have to carry this extra thing around. And second, this other thing I have to wear is massive. And I just remember I was playing baseball. I was in, I think I was a sophomore in high school. I was playing baseball, and I remember I slid stealing a base, and it came off. I was like, that's fun. And then the next next day, I put a new one in. I went back to practice. And then during practice, we were doing something else. Fell off. Oh. Next day, put in a new one, and it fell off. I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. And I have to carry this massive other thing around. This sucks. Like, I don't want this. Yeah. But... I mean, now it's, I mean, the, the new one, the seven that's going to be coming out, oh. that bad boy. I don't know when it's coming out. I saw a prototype of it at Children with Diabetes last year, not okay. this year. Is last it year. slim? Tiny. Oh, it is my. so skinny. I want to say it's like, it might be like two, three millimeters thick. Like it's tiny. That's exciting. 
I'm super hype. But I don't know in terms of all the accuracy and all that. I'm sure it's great, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah. That's because so. I thought when I switched from the – because I started with the the four. No, I started with the five. And then from the five to the six, I thought that that was pretty good. <laughs> like sleek-wise, I was like, oh, the six is pretty nice. Yeah, I think the five versus the six, like it's they're they're pretty similar. The six is definitely smaller, but it's also longer. Yeah. So the other one's a little chunkier, but I mean at the same time, as long as it works, I don't care. Yeah, that's true. Um, this where do you? Okay, this is one question that comes up so much from a dude's perspective, and I just don't even know the answer because I'm not a guy. <laughs> but where do you like? How do you? Where do you put your stuff? Because you don't carry around a purse. I usually have like a drawstring like Nike okay. bag. So I have one of those. Sometimes if like I'm going to dinner with Amelia or something like that, she'll take my my meter mm. and she'll take my backup insulin and put it in her bag that she's carrying. Yeah. Because she doesn't want me to carry the drawstring bag, which I mean, I can't really blame her. We're going to, if we go to a nice restaurant. Yeah, you're you wearing like a, a suit and tie. <laughs> exactly. With like, well, I don't know if we're going to go that deep. Uh, <laughs> Come on now. But you know what I mean. Yeah. We, we bring in like a Nike bag into a nice restaurant. It's probably not a great look. But at the same time, I have done it. I don't have any shame with it because I need to make sure I've got my stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's how I do it sometimes way back in the day, like going out days, college days. I would just take my stuff in my pocket. Yeah. Like I would take my meter. I would take some tabs, put it in my pocket. And that was it. But and that was before Dexcom, too, now that I think about it. But you had what you needed. You know, you had your way to test. You had your extra backup if you were low. And if you were high, you knew to dose. You had your pump yeah. on. So it's doable. It's just definitely different. I thought when you met where do you put your stuff, I thought you meant sites. I was like, oh, oh. it's all about, the, all about the stomach. Yeah. No, okay. So you use your stomach for most sites. I Dexcom's always on my stomach. Really? Yeah. I um. I was putting it on my stomach, but now I've been putting it on my hip because for some reason when I restart it, it just doesn't last. So I've had better results. I think because I have more fat like in that area. I don't know. That could be. I mean, my stomach, I only put my Dexcom in like the front near my belly button because I don't know where else to put it. Yeah. But well, you're pretty lean too. Like you. Don't... I like to think I'm lean yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean the the sites themselves. I used to put my actual pump sites on my sides towards my like low back area, yeah. and that still is the area I tend to hang out in the most. I have done upper butt before. I have done like my low back. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done arms. For I've your done pump? legs. Yeah, for my pump, yeah. I've never done arms. Legs, I did once, and it was horrible because the tube kept pulling. Oh, okay. And then Dexcom on my leg, I tried once and it was so inaccurate that I just took it off. It was off by like 200 points sometimes. Yeah, I've wondered about the leg because my legs don't like, uh, even if I do an injection on my leg, I bruise immediately. I get like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I've had those. I haven't injected my leg in a hot minute. It's great for like sporting events though when you don't want to deal with your stomach. Yeah. You just look down, you're wearing shorts, bloop, you're good. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. I I really haven't used my arms for anything except when I was on injections for that seven month pump break. I used yeah. my arms exclusively for injections and that was glorious until I used them so much that I got scar tissue. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I've been using I thought my it was arms my tricep lot. growing. 
I thought it was a growing <laughs> tricep, and then I found out that it was lipo hypertrophy, and I got very disappointed. How did how did you find that out? Did you go to the doctor, or did you just like feel it? I just kind of felt it, and then my friend noticed because he hadn't seen me in a while, and he's a RN, and he's a he's gonna be a CDE pretty soon, and he's like, "Do you inject in your arm a lot, Ben?" And I was like, "Yeah." He said, "That's really good scar tissue right there." Shit. And that was when I realized. And well, I also compared my arms. And I was wondering why my left arm seems so much like bigger from a muscle perspective than my right arm. It didn't yeah. make any sense. But then I realized I'm always injecting into my left arm because hmm. I'm a right-handed person. So, yeah, so definitely it's interesting. Did it go away after a while, or was it? I don't know. I think it's still there a little bit. I mean, yeah. I probably took. If I was taking probably five injections a day for seven months it's probably going to take a little while to go away but it's definitely gotten a little bit better because i know scar tissue takes a long time to heal yeah. i've heard cupping is supposed to help but i've really? never done it i've never done that either yeah but yeah i was going to ask I don't you even know what the thing about that. with cupping yeah i was going to ask what you, you gonna ask? if you were still on a pump break or if you're on your pump again no, I went back on my pump in the end of March. And then since then I've been I've been pumping for the better and for the worse. Yeah. That's good. I miss my so, pump to be honest. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, sometimes it's so convenient where it's like, "Oh, I want to eat something extra. Here you go. Here's a little yeah. dose instead of, "Oh god, here we go." But at the same time, you have that frustrating aspect where you take the insulin, you're not sure if it's working right away because it takes forever versus on the injection it starts right up. Yeah, especially if you do an IM. So that's that's the perk that you definitely have that I sometimes lack. And then you have the concern, of course, for me, if the, did the site go in well, is yeah. there a kinked site? That but, was always an issue for me. Yeah, that's always my biggest thing still, where I think there was a period of time even back on the pump where I went through three sites in a couple of days, which that was frustrating. But again, it's not going to be perfect. Like you're going to hit a blood vessel. You're going to have times where it bruises. It's not going to be perfect. But None of the technology is perfect. Yeah. Someone really, so. someone needs to invent like a pen that you can do small increments like the pump. Because sometimes I only need like 0.25 of a unit and I can't get that accurate. Interesting. I know the yeah. in-pens got their half units. Yeah. But like but what if you, 25. what if you need less than that? <laughs> I don't know. You have to have like the junior, junior pen, right? Oh, do they have the junior one of those? Pen. No, no, I'm making that up. Oh. The junior pen, junior pen's usually the half unit pen. Yeah. And then you get the junior, junior pen that's got like the quarter units. I just don't think they will because it seems like that's such a tiny amount of insulin. But does, I'm but with you 100%. Sometimes that's all I need. Well, because what if you need like 2.65 units? Exactly. And then it's just enough where it's, you need more than two and a half, but you also don't need three. Yeah. You need that 2.65. It like, sounds so dumb, but... The older I get, and you, I don't know if you find this too, the older I get, the more sensitive I am to like treating hypos. Like sometimes all I need is four grams of carbs and that's good. And then also my insulin. Hmm. Interesting. You... I don't know if I've noticed that. No. I yeah. don't know. I've never really thought about it though. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> Four grams for a hypo sounds amazing, well, though. Depending on like how low I am and how fast I'm dropping, but sometimes if I'm like, you know, sixty, all I need is four grams. If I have any more, then I'm gonna start going up because it's like I'm not going down super fast. I just need enough to like roll me over. 
it gets you up to like 75 and then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could see that. I was thinking back to my low earlier when I was <laughs> eating my Apple Jacks and I was at How... like 30 something grams. You were? You were 30? No, no, no. I had 30 oh. grams. Okay. Of carbs. But at the same time, I was 61 with active insulin with a down arrow. So, yeah. I mean, it was necessary. Right now, I'm cruising at 111. So, like, I think that was that was a worthy that investment was... of carbs. Do you use a food scale? Yes, I do. Okay. Always. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I feel like the thing with food scales, and this is a dietitian too, that it bothers me is when people are like, I don't have time for that. The reality is it takes all of 12 seconds to use a food scale. Yeah. You put your, you turn it on, you put your food on it, you take it off. It doesn't take any longer than portioning it out. You can portion it onto your plate on the scale. It literally takes the same amount of time. Yeah. And you get so much extra info. So much. I, when the first like five, four months that I was here, I didn't have one. And I was, I've used a food scale for so long that I feel like I'm pretty good at guessing, but still not accurate. So it was, anno- it was so challenging and then I found a food scale so I got a food scale but that's it's, huge yeah it's well, and, and my favorite is well people people will say oh I know how much to eyeball it and I like to think I'm pretty good and a lot of times I am like I can be like this is an ounce of cheese and I'll measure it and it will be like 1.02 ounces of cheese or something you know but like at the same time there are people like oh I can eyeball it and you get something like peanut butter and suddenly they think <laughs> two tablespoons they think it should be two tablespoons and it's five and a half. Yeah. That used to be it's me all the so time. so easy to do. Oh, for sure. Especially things that are that are fattier. Not that there's anything wrong with foods that are fattier, but you have to be aware that that extra three tablespoons could potentially come with another 200 plus calories and you have to pay attention to that. And if you're trying to lose weight, it's only going to set yourself up for failure. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of fat, what what's your take on keto like do you have a lot of clients that come to you asking about keto i'd say probably 20 percent ask about it or say they want to do it and my big thing is i'll ask them why they want to do it Mm -hmm. because to me if you don't have a legitimate reason you just saw an article or you read it or you saw a show or you read something then that's not a good reason you need to have an actual reason because you're not going to stick with it now if you go oh i read this book and it was amazing and i really want to try it and i'm really excited we can try it and i'll I would say right now, I have probably three people that are very, very low carb. Mm -hmm. They're doing great. I don't have a problem with it, but I think you should have a good reason and it needs to be something that's sustainable in your life the same way somebody says, hey, I want to be completely high carb and all vegetables and fruit and very little fat and very little protein. Like if you can handle that and do that every single day, by all means, I have no issue with it if that works for you. But if it's not going to be sustainable, I don't care what you do. You could eat donuts every day, but that's not going to be sustainable for you either. Yeah. So you have to find that what is going to be best for you at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I agree with that. <laughs> and so it can, my, I, it's like, yeah, you go. No, you go. You go. Tell me. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, you got to make sure, can your blood sugars handle it? And can you do it every day? And I th- if you have a body composition goal, are you optimizing that part of it too? If you can check all three boxes, but, and you can do this for more than like a week or two. You can do this for the next six, seven, ten years, then you're fine. If you're like, no, I couldn't picture myself doing this three years from now, I'd go crazy. Probably not a good idea. Yeah. And going so when in terms of the blood sugar thing, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that people just don't know, right? They've never done it. So they're like, I don't know how it's going to affect my blood sugars. Like, how is it going to affect me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and a lot of people are like, oh, my blood sugars are great. 
I'm always cruising at 85 and it's amazing. And then your body starts to catch on. And then in addition to that, if you decide, oh, I need protein, because you know there's a lot of protein involved in keto, then your blood sugar could start creeping upwards and they're not ready for it. And it basically, if you don't have a plan going in, you don't know what you're doing, it's probably not gonna go very well. But that's like it is with anything in life. If you decide you're gonna go skydiving and you don't have a plan in place, it's probably not gonna go very well for you. <laughs> probably. So, <laughs> right, it's the same concept. So have a plan and know what you're doing and have intention behind what you're doing. Yeah. If you half-ass it, it's not gonna go well. If you put 100%, you whole-ass it, you'll probably be fine. Yeah, no, that's so true. And it takes time, like consistency. And like some people think, oh, I'll just do it for a few weeks and then it'll be fine then I'll be like on a good start. But it's like it takes longer than that to actually figure it out. Or for me anyways. Well, for most people, it takes at least like a two-week adaptation period. Yeah. And then you have to really say, okay, is this is this going to work? Can you stick it out for that first month? Can you stick it out for those first two months? Then at that point, okay, this is or isn't going to work for me. I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but halfway through, actually it was a little more than halfway through, Ben's laptop died and so we lost connection. Another thing that just really made this episode all about adapting today, that's really what the theme is. So while Ben is getting a charge on his laptop and turning it back on, I also just wanted to say, hey, speaking of adapting, have you ever thought about adaptations when it comes to your fitness or your weight loss goals? Because I don't know if you know this or not. It's something that I didn't know for a really long time, but your body adapts to your nutrition, to your diet, to your exercise that you're doing. And so when that happens, you might notice that you stop seeing results or you're putting in all this work and then you're just not getting the results that you want. And this is because you really want to make sure that you are creating the change that's needed in order to not allow those adaptations to occur in the first place. And so when it comes to weight loss specifically, this is really important. I mean, it's important in any aspect of fitness. You really want to make sure that you're creating the change needed in order to get the results that you want. But when it comes to weight loss, if you are someone who counts your macros or your calories, this is super important because those macros and calories that you have set for yourself at the beginning of your fitness journey and your weight loss journey, they're not going to stay the same because as your body adapts, the amount of calories that your body needs is also going to change. And this is really important to know and I just wanted to mention it because if you haven't already done so and you are on the journey to lose weight then my free audio training and ebook how to lose weight with type 1 diabetes talks about all of this stuff and it gives you 12 key steps to losing fat with type 1 diabetes. It's completely free. I don't know if I mentioned that. And aside from your nutrition, one thing that you'll learn inside the ebook is also about your training and your exercise and just how to make sure that those adaptations don't occur. So if you want to check it out, just go to diabeticfitnessworld.com forward slash type one. And I'll also link to this in the show notes. All right, let's get back to this episode. There this he is. is. <laughs> adapting move right here. I was so just. I, I couldn't get my computer to plug into the surge protector 
in the same place my computer was before. So I took the microphone. I'm carrying it right now. And I'm sitting on top of the bench we used to bench press. It's pretty grand. Nice. So you're in the gym. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. This, if for like everyone listening, this is like the the definition of like adapting, adapting, like which is the whole theme of my day and yours too, right? I've... <laughs> 100%. 100%. And my blood sugar threatened to go low during this time as well, but I oh. refuse to allow it. After those, what what was it? Fruit Loops? No, Apple Jacks. You cannot, <laughs> how dare you confuse Fruit Loops and Apple Jacks? After <laughs> your Apple Jacks, even. Okay, I didn't tell. Okay, so we both had lows. I had a rainstorm. Your computer died. And I didn't tell you this, but when you were eating lunch and I was trying to like make sure that I could make it happen on my end, well, first of all, my computer's also broken to the point where like I have to use a mouse, so I can't use my trackpad. And then you know how on your laptop you only have two USBs, like one on either side? Yep. Well, the one for my mouse was fine. The one that my mic goes into, that one stopped working. So I had to take a knife and like just fucking do whatever to try to get it working. And I was so like losing my mind, but it worked. So we're good. We're here. Hey, you made it happen. And that's, that's the biggest thing. And again, the biggest testament is can you adapt to what life is going to throw at you? If your blood sugar sucks, can you fix it? If your computer USB port, one of two decides to go MIA, can you figure out a way to finesse it and fix it? What if it didn't work? You might've had to get like one of those, those attachment things that look like I would normally pull this up, but that's what my mic's attached to. There's like a plug-in thing that turns one USB port. It's like a surge protector for USBs. Ah. And it turns it into four more. That see, so. I need that, but I'm like in, I'm sure I could find something like that here, but in a pinch, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, but again, there's always a, a solution. The question is, are you looking for the solutions? Or are you looking for the problems and to, someone to, or something to point a finger at? Yeah. And when all else fails, just eight deep breaths in. What is it? One breath in, no, hold it for seven. four seconds in, four seconds in. So hold it for seven. So one, two, three, four, five six seven now blow out for eight seconds so three, four five six seven eight so everything's out of your lungs and then we're and dead. then you're supposed to do it again and again <laughs> and again and then you by that point your your parasympathetic or your fight or flight nervous system is relaxed and then you're able to take a new approach and a new perspective on everything and think more clearly now granted if you're in the middle of a of like a hand-to-hand -hand combat situation, you may not have time for something <laughs> like that. So you may need to think a little more swiftly and again, adapt. But if you have the luxury of doing so, I would highly recommend to clear your brain and get a new perspective on everything going on in front of you. Yeah. And so much of the pressure is like just shit where we put on ourselves, right? Like, For sure. It's, it's always, I don't say always, but I would say about 90% of the time it's self-inflicted. Yeah. You look at it, it's it, what could you have actually avoided? Oh, well, I looked at the negative side instead of the positive side instead of, oh, snap, there was a rainstorm. What's the positive from that? You know, you, you got to it's how you flip it and how you frame it. And that's going to dictate diabetes success It's going to dictate a lot of success in basically anything. But I feel like a lot of the, the main principles can be applied to diabetes. And so 
just changing your mindset. I talk about it all the time on Instagram, but changing your mindset, flipping it around is going to be so important when it comes to your diabetes journey and being successful. Yeah. And especially right now in this time. So for yeah. those for those people that are like just just feeling like they're spiraling out of control, like their diabetes isn't good, their blood sugars, they're stuck at home, they're in the middle, they're basically on house arrest, it feels like, right? Like what is one yeah. thing that they can do to like just to start feeling better? Pick one thing that you want to focus on, that you want to improve upon. So maybe in that case for, for those people, it might be, hey, I want less variability in my blood sugar. Pick one thing, maybe for example, breakfast. Take a look at breakfast. What are you eating? When are you eating it? Are you doing everything the way you need to be? Are you pre-bolusing? Are you making sure you're taking your insulin, period? So make sure all of that's in line and just focus on one piece of it before you start trying to tackle the entire entire diabetes beast. And by breaking it into little chunks, it's going to get you a really, really far way rather than, again, taking it all on at once and getting overwhelmed and saying, I quit. Mm, that's good. Um, and we should we should wrap this up because I know we've been talking for over an hour, which is so easy to do because <laughs> we get carried away. But going exactly. back to keto for because that's something that a lot of people ask me. And from your perspective, because you are, you know, you're a dietitian and have more experience in that sense, like what is one thing that you like one piece of advice you'd give people who want to do keto, but aren't sure if it's like a good idea or like are nervous about their blood sugars? Well, the first thing I would do is consult someone who is a registered dietitian, which is because you. <laughs> exactly someone but in general, though, someone, whether it's me or someone else, a registered dietitian that knows diabetes and knows keto to make sure you are under the auspices and care of someone who can help you. So you're not, holy cow, everything seems so scary. But if you do decide, hey, I want to go ahead and do this, make sure you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and understand that it's not necessarily going to be as easy as everybody cracks it out to be. It's not going to guarantee you weight loss. And again, take it slow. Don't go from your normal diet immediately to keto. Maybe step it down. Take your time. Otherwise, it's going to feel like a massive, massive, massive shift, and you're going to hate your life, and then you're going to stop and quit on it when it could be the best thing for you. Yeah, that's solid it, right there. Not saying it is, not saying it is, but it could be the best method for you and your life and your body. Yeah. It's truly dependent on dependent on you. Yeah. Every so individual's got their own thing. If you're someone who loves carbs, but you're like, oh, I really want to lose weight. I think keto's gonna might help me, but I, I just love carbs so much. Maybe not try it. <laughs> you could. I mean you could try it, but at the same time, like Again, that's why having a dietitian is so key because they can tell you, you love carbs, but you also feel like keto might work. What's an in-between? What might be another option you can do instead? Yeah, totally. So not everything's black and white. You can, not everything's cut and dried. You can, you can adapt. You can formulate things. It's not, it, it's nothing. There's not one answer for everything. If there was, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. And I would like for people with type one, that's like, if anyone knows I feel like we do because it's like we're all of us are affected so differently by different things. So when it comes sure. to diet, it's like around the same, <laughs> the same thing. Oh, nobody is, no one's, everyone's got, like, everyone's got their own fingerprint. Everybody's different in that. Everybody's diabetes is going to be different. So what works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for the next person, but 
it's all about finding what does work best for you and then sticking with that. Yes. So for people who are like, damn, I really want to work with Ben right now. He sounds like he's so cool. I just, I need his help right now. <laughs> How can people work with you? Um, first, I mean, I would say follow on Instagram. I'm at man of zeal. So M-A-N-O-F-T-Z-E-E-L. And on there, there's gonna be a lot of good stuff just to kind of get a taste of what I'm all about in terms of my philosophies and all that around diabetes and nutrition and exercise. But my website, yourdiabetesinsider.com, there is a coaching application there. There's a few spots left um, for this, I guess it's August right now, yeah. So there's a few months, a few spots left for this month and then potentially some more for the next month. So if that's something that does interest you, go on there, apply, we can figure out a time to chat, see if it's a good fit and then take it from there. Sounds good. And I'll link to everything in the show notes so people don't have to like whip out a pen and paper while they're driving. <laughs> oh, exactly. No, I appreciate that for real, for real. But um, I mean, yeah, any, any way I can help. And even if people are like, hey, I have a question. Hit me up. We can talk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's so good to see you. Like, <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen you for so long, but it's so nice to see you and catch up. And we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. So thank you for being so flexible today and making it work because I know you're busy. All about adapting. Yes. It's all about adapting, right? That's the theme so no, for I'm, this. I'm just thankful for the, the opportunity to be on here and chat and catch up with you and learn about the life down south, literally. Yeah. And hopefully one day you'll be back in the U.S. Yeah. And maybe one day you'll be visiting me in Costa Rica. We'll see. <laughs> that would be glorious. So yeah, just we'll pray for a post-COVID world, right? Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds amazing. Thanks so okay. much. Bye. Bye, everybody. And thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. It means so much that you took us with you on your walk or whatever you might be doing. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it on your Instagram story and tag me at Taja Kato, T-A-J-A-C-A-T-O, and Ben at Man of Zeal, M-A-N-O-F-T-Z-E-E-L. I love you so much and I'll talk to you soon.